Welcome to Round Guy the Podcast on our Veterans Day uh, program. We have with us Colonel Don Mazinski, who uh, happened to be a good friend of mine growing up. Uh, he's in Audubon, Iowa. He's uh, a member of the Iowa National Guard and the Joint Forces Headquarters uh, operation over there. Welcome to the program, Don. Thanks, Dave. Glad to be with you today. So uh, how long have you been a full bird colonel? I was selected for promotion back in just over a year ago, September of uh, 2020. Well, that sure is outstanding. Now, what year did you join the service? And uh, you went in as enlisted, didn't you? I did. I joined the service um, in March of 87. Um, I was a freshman at Simpson College and at that time, I had some friends, uh, Dave Smithberg um, and others that actually had joined before me and my brother, David Mozinski. And, and I saw the um, the base reason I joined was for the student uh, loan repayment and the college benefits. And that's why I joined the, the guard to start off with. Well, you were an excellent uh, catcher uh, all the way through Little League and into high school. And then you were... Uh able to be a catcher at Simpson College, I believe. Am I, I actually was a – I played football at Simpson. I oh. did not play baseball. Oh. I played football at Simpson. I was uh, uh, offensive center. Well, I, uh, that's because I haven't talked to you that much in the last 40 years, I guess. <laughs> no problem. And I so uh, you went to Fort Life Leonard Wood for – directions. You went to Fort Leonard Wood for training? I went to Fort Leonard Wood um, for my basic training in uh summer of 87 so what rank did you how, you said you were enlisted for six years i was enlisted for six years i started as a as a pfc and then how far did you advance in the six years in rank i actually um when i was at, at ocs they we got promoted to the rank of staff sergeant but the actual rank i held as a as enlisted was a specialist mm-hmm well, that's the, those are the, that's what I was too. In fact, I was in the army a year before I joined in March of 86. Nice. Anyway, I so. Knew you were. Thank you for your service, Dave. Well, I just want to thank everybody for that's listening for, I thank them for being people worth defending. You know, I just felt like we had a country that was worth standing up for. And uh, Ronald Reagan was president a little bit there when you were in there too, wasn't he? Yes, sir. So, uh, so, so, uh, just tell me about the stations, the places you were just in the National Guard during the six years of uh, your enlisted. Part. I wasn't. I was with the headquarters company out of two two four out of Fairfield when I was enlisted. I was a personnel specialist at that time. Um, enjoyed that duty. Um, we went went to several ATs, McCoy, Camp uh, Ripley, Minnesota, um, as great opportunity and I was asked to I was actually my in 93 I was asked if I wanted to um, go to OCS so uh, hey, where did you get your your did you get your degree from Simpson or well, I did I graduated from Simpson yes what did you get your degree in um, I was a management major with a emphasis in uh, agriculture resource management okay. so then you go to OCS so uh I actually went to OCS, um, would have been um, right after I finished. It would have been my last year of college. I started 
and then and actually I took my commission in 93 and um, I started OCS in 91. So tell me about your career as an officer you know where did it start and where all did you go and so my first assignment was a platoon leader in uh, Centerville Iowa with the Charlie company of the 224. Um, from then I went over um, to Muscatine and I was a platoon leader there for a short time and then ended up becoming um, when some of the unit transformation I ended up in Davenport for a little less than a year then got uh, selected to be the XO executive officer for the Alpha Company of the 224 down in Burlington. From there um, I had been promoted lieutenant, lieutenant and I then was selected to become the commander for the HHC, the 224. Um, and from there, I was, after I was the battalion commander, or battalion, the unit commander, I went, my other positions was, I was the S4 officer, and then the BMO officer, battalion maintenance officer during our deployment in 2004-2005 as a captain. So how many years total? Total years in services, um, just under 35. This March, I'll have 35 years of service in the Iowa Guard. Well, uh, tell us about some of your overseas service. In 91, um, before I was commissioned, I actually um, went with the unit when we got deployed to Vilsack, Germany during Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Um, we left in January, came back in late May. Um, once I got commissioned with the engineers, I was a battalion maintenance officer. And when we were deployed to Iraq in 2004, well, um, 2005. I want to break in there a little bit and tell you, I, I've been to that base at Vilsack in Germany. Really? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was really very far. You remember Randy Myers? I do remember Randy. Randy Myers, yes. I was stationed in Giesen, Germany. And he was stationed mm-hmm. five miles away from me in Kirschgoens. And... Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, that first year I was there, I, when he wasn't in the field and I wasn't in the field, which wasn't a whole lot of time, but we'd get together and I'd go over and read the Fairfield Ledger. He had a subscription to the Fairfield Ledger. and I, So if I nice. seen him once a month, I could, before I even talked to him, I'd probably read 30 papers. Wow. So no, uh, I, uh, I actually got this experience, Grafenvir. I've been there too, and that orange-ass dirt and or red clay dirt they got. Yes. I used to help Randy clean that off of the off of his vehicles. He, he what was all, vehicles did Randy drive? Oh, he was a mortar guy, you know. Uh, okay. Probably just jeeps and uh, maybe some more. But I mean, they had to. I'd show up, and then they were back from the field, and they'd be cleaning up, and I'd help them clean it up. But man, that that was a special kind of muddy dirt, clay ass stuff they had on there. wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't easy to clean off. Not at all. So that's an artillery range. Were you in the artillery? I was not. We were an engineer battalion. Um, and the engineers, we actually went from a wheeled engineer battalion to mechanized when we were there. We made the conversion to 113s. Now, again, at that time, I was a I was a personnel specialist or worked in the in the headquarters section of, of the company, HHC. Well, that's cool. So, uh, what what did 
so that was the first Afghanistan or first uh, Iraq war. Yeah, that was the first Iraq war, and then in 2004 and 2005, the engineers were deployed to Iraq. Um, we we started in uh, at Camp Duke, and then eventually moved to Ramadi. That's cool. So uh, now you spent some time in Afghanistan too, didn't you? I did. I was deployed in Afghanistan my last deployment, and that was in 2016. May of 2016, I deployed as the 185th CSSB commander, battalion commander, um, and we were deployed in uh, Bagram, Afghanistan, until we came home March of uh, 2017. Well, people, you know, when they say, you know, thank me for my service or whatever, uh, there's a person that deserves more thanks than me or you. It's our, it's the wives. Any woman that can put up with a, a guy in the service is a really special lady. Don't you agree? I 100% agree. My wife has been through tons. I mean, they go through a living hell, really. I mean, you could be gone for two years at the drop of a hat, you know, and they got to raise the kids yeah. and keep the home yeah. going and they don't have a husband at all. And it's, it's tough. A lot of women, yeah. you know, there's a high divorce rate because a lot of women didn't realize they were signing up for that. I agree. In 2004, I was gone. I left August of 2004. I, I was involved in some maintenance uh, preparation we did for the battalion equipment. And I actually was gone from home for 18 months and we had a three, five and an eight year old. Yeah, that's uh, Jennifer whole, was amazing. The whole family serves. That's what I say. It's everybody serves. You know, everybody does serve. Yes, they do. The only thing, uh, I was a truck driver for a long time after I got back. You know, and I kind of felt like that was a, a little bit of uh, kind of the same. You know, you're gone all week long, but it, it ain't months at a time. That's for sure. No, but your family still suffers. Whatever, whatever job you do, you do serve. You serve your family and you do what you need to do to provide. So, uh, so just tell me some, tell me, uh, an experience that you got while you were in the military that really made an impression on you. Um, there's, uh, there's several, but the, probably the most recent was, you know, my deployment to Afghanistan where, you know, working with, a variety of people but when we actually had our um experienced the suicide bomber on bagram and watching that base go from you know not it was never relaxed but it is what people how people bonded together to do what we needed to do to prep prepare for the future um I mean, you get to where a point where, you know, when I don't know, you you experience things that make you stronger, and that you hate to you hate to see something like that happen. Uh, I met a gentleman by the name of Jerry Jerry Reed, who was a retired colonel that worked for a, a company over there, and he actually lost his life to a suicide bomber and how that individual, how you realize how that individual impacted you when you got there 
I went on a pre-deployment site survey. Now I, I got to know that gentleman and how he did as many things he could to support our unit and the, and our mission, what we needed to do. And after that, it really, it just touched home how life is so special and you just never know. So when I was in the service, uh, I did a podcast about this. Uh, I, I served a little bit under Colin Powell. He was the Corps commander, uh, happened to have a couple encounters with him. Uh, can you tell me about some maybe uh, people of note that you served with? You know, um, we served with the, in 2004, 2005, we served uh, the gentleman by the name of General Huck. He was our um, division commander. Um, I remember meeting him for the first time and just very, just, just an amazing officer, how, how um, he focused on his Marines and, and how we ended up, the 224 ended up being his, his engineers and because of our route clearance and he was just a individual that you really looked up to that his leadership qualities and, and what he did um, as a division commander when I was over there. So uh, what are some, um, you had some, you ever have any troops or anything that really impressed you and maybe not a famous guy or something, but just tell me is, Tell me some above and beyond service of someone that worked in under your command. Um, I'm sure there's many, Dave. It's just I, I don't recall something right at the moment. I mean, we worked, we worked with a lot of different people, and you know, some of it is people just you, just like you and me. I mean, when I was deployed in '05, I mean, we had the people that probably did the most were the platoon leaders and those platoon leaders were, um, you know, they're the ones that were in, we're getting blown up. We're getting, yeah, they're the uh, ones in harm's way. That's for sure. Right. Right. Well, we're talking with full Colonel Don Mazinski, uh, grew up in Fairfield, Iowa. Could you talk a little bit about growing up in Fairfield, Iowa? Yeah. Fairfield was, I, I love Fairfield. It's my hometown. Um, like Dave said earlier, um, I loved playing sports. I loved living on the farm, um, small town. Um, you know, it was, it was a place to grow up that was, it, it was just special. Um, I remember when I was a, really young, my grandfather, I, you know, you know, your grandfather, his name was Jack Blau. And, you know, I knew him as my grandfather, but he actually was a, World War II veteran. He was in the Marines during World War II, but not until um, years later did I realize what his service has meant to me over the years and getting to know his service and what he did um, as a Marine in Iwo Jima was amazing. And how many people in, in even small town Fairfield had served um, our various wars were, it was just amazing. And you you feel very fortunate to grow up in a town that the the love for country is is amazing and at the same time you you experience so many wonderful things yeah i i would agree that we were our generation was shaped by the world war ii generation uh, my grandfather was a 
served under Patton and, and uh, I had an wow. uncle that did the island hopping and uh, I had a my grandpa's brother was uh, in the intelligence and he was part of that deception um, trying to make mm-hmm. it look like uh, we we're going to cross at Calais instead of D-Day um, you know but then uh, when I was in the service all my NCOs and, and uh, officers were all Vietnam guys too so I kind of got uh, in on both of those little eras, I think. But uh, anyway, I met, uh, a gentleman, I met a gentleman when I deployed in 0405, and he was a, a Vietnam vet. And um, just hearing their stories and the way they were treated, um, we're so great. I'm so grateful that our nation wraps our arms around the veterans today, and we owe we owe our Vietnam veterans so very much for their sacrifice yeah we i was a part of a the city of richland's where i live it's just a town of a little over 500 people and we put on the vietnam wall we had a a gentleman for local that his brother had died in vietnam and he put up like the first 1500 dollars, and i think we raised seven or eight thousand dollars all together and we had four thousand five hundred people come to see the wall there were 77 young men that say within a 50 mile radius of Richland that gave their life. And, you know, from every little town around, uh, there was a, a, a group of Fairfield, Iowa. There was 12 boys that were drafted to Vietnam out of that class and five of them died. Um, so yes, yeah, Southeast of Iowa gave the most, uh, the, the highest per capita um, in both Vietnam and the civil war. We lost more guys than anybody else. The last guy to die in Vietnam was from Knoxville, Iowa. Um, But uh, the reverence and the remembrance. That brings up another memory for me, Dave, that, you know, as we've been talking, I've been thinking about things that have, uh, that I've experienced through the last 34 years. And when I was a a brand new lieutenant, uh, second lieutenant, I was in Charlie Company down in uh, Centerville. Um, I had a platoon sergeant by the name of uh, Sergeant Junior Reese, and he asked me if I would be interested in being part of a, a detail to uh, present the flag at the at the wall when they had the the Vietnam you know the replica wall yeah uh, just south of uh, Centerville, and I I did that, and that's something that you know it just what an honor to be part of an event that's so much bigger than you. And, and like you said, it's, you don't realize all the history that has gone before you and how you're a part of something that's so big, so much bigger than you. And when you, when you participate in something like that, it's a chance to give those guys a thank you that they didn't get, you know, I was really proud of Richland the way we, you know, rallied around those soldiers. Every single member of those 77 guys had people come, to, to see them at the wall, you know, and I heard stories yes. about every one of them, you know, when a kid from Brighton and a kid from Richland and a kid from Wellman, you know, and a kid from Sigourney, you know, and then you, you, all these people came and they never forgot them. And uh, right. so it, that's a, you know, a good emotional experience that, uh, well, thank you. I really thank you for your time. Um, is there anything you want to say before we wrap this up? You know, you, you mentioned who is, uh, left a, a lifelong impression on me as a as an officer and uh 
General Bud Lawson, I have to say, um, he was a he was a great mentor and a great leader for the state of Iowa. Um, he was our adjutant general when I became when I was commissioned, and so there's a history with uh, Bud Lawson and his wife um, in Fairfield. And uh, you know, you think back of all the things you've experienced, and that's one definite uh, amazing soldier that impacted me throughout my career. And he was from Fairfield too. Yes. Yeah. I'm, let me tell you a little story about how being from Fairfield was the only reason I even got in the army. Because uh, I don't know if you remember, but in high school I had a little trouble with ulcers. I do remember that. And yes. I had a, I had a, a duodenal ulcer, I believe was the term. And at the time I was not eligible to be in the service, but I had, I uh, was up at Fort or camp Dodge and uh, enter, you know, doing the medical thing and trying to get in. Yep. And the, the maps. and yeah, and the doctor that was examining me found that in my uh, in my records. But he wanted to ask me a few more follow. He says, "I see you're from Fairfield, you know." Yeah, I'm from Fairfield. Well, it turns out we lived like a block away from each other. We went to the same grade school, and he says, "You know what?" He says, "The country would uh, you would do the country a lot of good in the service." And he just took that sheet of paper and just ripped it out of my uh, file. And then just stamped it and moved me on. And I would, because he could have stopped me from being in the service right then and there. But it was, it was his connection to Fairfield that was the probably reason why he done that. Wow. Well, again, we've been. It's. Uh, I it's, love hearing. I love hearing other people's stories, Dave. That's probably the the thing. You. That's the connection between all of us. Is. Um, so last thing before we go, when I was. Uh, when I was in the engineers, I had the opportunity to go to go to lunch with the deputy commanding general for the second Mardiv, and his message that day was, "You're going to get home, and some of you won't want to talk about certain things, but there's going to be people at home that want to know what you did and your experiences, and some of you that that want to share, share, and tell your story." Yeah, because it means the world to a lot of people. There's a brotherhood between service members that uh, about a bond about can't be broke. Well, before we wrap it up, I want to mention uh, I got to see you uh, in Wayland, Iowa. Yes, uh, that was a lot. A week of fun. ago, we were. I was the, there covering some high school football, and you came down with an excellent team from Audubon, and they played a. A real fantastic game. One of the best games I probably ever saw. You guys came out a little bit ahead at the last minute on that one. And then you went to the Unidome and had a, a really good first half. Uh, we had an amazing first half. Jennifer and I went and watched the team. You know, a lot of the you know a lot of the players still from when our son Luke was uh, playing for Audubon two years ago. And it was great to see them fight and play Cam the way they did in the first half. Yes. And I, you helped me get an interview with their coach that was very popular on the Round Guy, the podcast, and I appreciate that. That's great. That's great. He did an amazing job. So did you. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, it's Veterans Day. We've been talking to Colonel Don Mazinski, a friend of mine, clear back from high school, uh, no, clear back from grade school, to be honest with you. Yep. That uh, is. We went back a long time, Dave. We, was, uh, our, we were Catholic boys, and uh, <laughs> our parents, we had to – we had to go to 
we had to go to catechism on Wednesday night, or we'd get a bloody lip and then go to catechism on Wednesday night. You know what I'm you're, saying? You're, you're exactly right. So, but I had a good you time with careful. you. Not too many stories. Well, we sure appreciate talking to you, and I hope all all anybody listening to my voice really enjoys this Veterans Day. And uh, whether you're a veteran or just someone that was worth defending, we sure appreciate you. And uh, thanks a lot, Don. Thanks, Dave. Have a great day.